This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. Yeah, thanks, Clayton. So this week we looked at uh, Acts chapter 2, the identity of who we as Wellhouse Church think that we want to be. And Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42, that's where we found our model or expression of who we wanted to be and more specifically, what we wanted our gatherings to look like. And so in Acts 2, beginning in verse 42, thank you, we have this great text, and it says, And all were gathered together, and they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. And so the interesting thing about, and I didn't go into it during the sermon, which is one of the reasons we do this podcast. Sure. But these words are are very specific. So first and foremost, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, uh, the Greek word, the didache, this teaching of the apostles about Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's what the teaching of the early church was, is they taught about Jesus, specifically about the resurrection. Like that's foundational. Mm. And we we see that most prominently in Paul, sure. right? So 1 Corinthians 15, uh, if not for the resurrection, like none of this matters at all. And so they're devoting themselves to this teaching about Jesus, the person of Jesus, his morals, his ethics, and his resurrection, it's not until much later, right? So Jesus presumably dies somewhere around the year 30 mm-hmm. um, AD. And the earliest gospel that we have written down is not until at the earliest 60, right? more likely 70. And, and what which book would that be? Yeah, so scholars debate that, but most people would say Mark. Okay. Mark's the first one. And... So we don't have a gospel about Jesus until about 70. Right. Uh, and But we have Paul's writings, which begin in the early to mid 50s. Mm-hmm. But even still, we have about a 20 year gap there. Right. right. Acts begins immediately following Jesus's ascension yeah. with Pentecost. <clears throat> and this is in chapter two. So this is very early. So their devotion to or their uh focus on this teaching is about Jesus. Yeah. It's not like what we do where it's like, oh, let's let's look at Paul, let's right. look at Peter, right? No, everybody's right. talking about Jesus. So it, I, I think maybe uh, another good question would be, or another thing to point out is that this was all by word of mouth, right? That, like yeah. um, there was some writing later on, but for the most part it was um, person to person, like, hey, this is who Jesus is, right? Um, um, I think that that's in and of itself is really powerful. Um, and because that's what we're supposed to be doing as Christians, right? Sharing the gospel, talking to people about Jesus, yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. It's important to remember that ancient people didn't, uh, 
they didn't necessarily believe when things were written down. Yeah. They're kind of skeptical <laughs> of things when they get written down. Because, like, okay, why are you writing this down? Probably because you're trying to manipulate it, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. If, if you're really yeah. doing this, you don't need to write it down. You can tell me face to face. But if you're writing it down, you're probably trying to convince me or somebody else or sure. you have an authority that you actually don't have. And so they didn't like it when we wrote things down. They right. much preferred, and this section in history is called the oral tradition. Yeah. This time where the oral message, the sayings, the doings of Jesus were kind of preserved. And it was called the kerygma, mm-hmm. uh, the, the preaching. Mm-hmm. And there were six kind of main things that uh, were included in it. Jesus is the son of God. He went about doing good works and performing miracles. He died on the cross according to God's plan. He's resurrected mm. and exalted to the right hand of the father. Yeah. He's coming again in glory, power and judgment. Therefore, because of these things, yeah. repent and believe, be baptized to enter the kingdom of God yeah. and receive the spirit. That's so awesome. this is the teaching that they're doing and devoting themselves to. And the, the, another thing that I love about this is uh, notice in these four things, this is the earliest worship service. So they devoted themselves to the teachings of the apostles, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know what I didn't hear? Worship music. I didn't hear (laughs) worship music. There's, there's no worship music. There's no Chris Tomlin there singing Our God, I promise nope, you. <laughs> nope, Chris Tomlin's not there. Phil Wilkham's not there. Nope. nope. None of these people are there. Carrie Joe, <laughs> Cody Conn, like none of these yeah. people are there. Yeah. Nobody's sitting around singing Kumbaya and expecting that to be their expression yeah. and, and meeting place with Jesus. Yeah. It was in these other places. It's in the teaching, mm-hmm. which we still have sure. in most churches, a, a pretty high focus Value point of, for, of for teaching. the teaching of scripture. Yeah. But these other ones we don't have, right. We don't do a good job of fellowship. No. And I think this is, this is so no. interesting here because this word for fellowship is the word koinonia. Mm. And it's a really hard word to translate. It's, we don't really have a good one-to-one in English. Maybe, maybe closer to something like togetherness. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't see it used this way in the Bible, but in other ancient literature and specifically in marriage contracts, it's used for the type of relationship that a man and a woman have in a marriage. And so it's this really kind of deep connected intimacy that they have. This fellowship is not notice they have fellowship and they have breaking of bread. Yeah. When we say fellowship, we think of like the fellowship hall where we have yeah. the potluck <laughs> at the big church, right? That's yeah. that's not the same thing. This right. is a this is a deep, genuine care of togetherness for one another. Yeah. And the reason that's important is because later on, when it says that they had all things in common, right? Uh, in verse forty four, you know, all the believers were together and had all things in common. It's the same word, right? Koinonia and common come from the same place that, that, that what is common to me is common to you, yeah. that this is what fellowship is. It's this idea of sh- not to, not to sound like I have toddlers, but sharing and caring. <laughs> it, it's, um, 
Yeah. It's this deep level of connection that comes with sacrifice sure. where, where I can sell my possessions yeah. and give them away to anybody that had need because we have all things in common. Right. And I think that it's important to say right now that this is where we get one of our values or two of our values, I think, or maybe this is well, all three, of all three of them actually. Text, yeah. Well in this text, but this idea of togetherness, right? Um, yeah. Being, you can't be a whole unit. You can't be in togetherness and fellowship without being real. Yeah. Right. Being real is the first step to building relationship, true oh, relationship, right? Absolutely. True fellowship. And, and being relational, right? So, and and all of that leads to restoration in Jesus. Yeah. And, and and so I think it's really important to to have this idea of togetherness, you know? Yeah. Especially. And, and I think that you know this is one of the reasons that we've we've kind of designed our our gatherings, our church, our model, mm-hmm. everything around this because you know we we have some words here and some things that are very focal to the earliest expressions of Jesus, where one might argue that they had the highest spiritual experiences. Right. I mean, in, in, a, in a one chapter later, actually at the end of the next chapter, the beginning of chapter three, mm-hmm. Peter heals a lame man by just yanking this dude up. <laughs> He's just outside the temple asking for money, and Peter's like, bro, I'm broke, yeah. but uh, I can make you walk. Boom. Yeah. Just yanks him up. And so it's like, okay, this level of spiritual experience that they have is really deep. Yeah. And their connection with God is not through worship music. No, it's not. Now, this this is not discrediting worship music at no, all. No, not at all. Um, but it, it wasn't a central point, what you're saying, to yeah. the early church. They didn't yeah. gather and, and, and sing uh, this little light of mine, right? No. They, they didn't do this. But... For the churches that do have worship music, and if that is your expression, then then that's cool, right? Yeah, for Make sure. Make sure you do it well and you're singing songs yes. that really do promote the kingdom. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, I think there there's value in different expressions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we are a particular expression. We're not the only expression, but we are a particular expression. And what, what kind of deterred us away from that model was we looked around and we saw a lot of big... Mm-hmm. Big buildings, uh, big churches, big services, big, big debt, big like twenty piece bands. Yeah, you know, like, like we saw big. Yeah, and what what big services and big kind of experiential, uh, attractional model churches led to was very little community. Absolutely, and so Absolutely. I just looked at this and I said, okay, so we've got this this deep level of commitment. We've also got this breaking of bread. The breaking of bread, you can look at it two ways. One, a lot of people look at it as it was the earliest form of communion. It is them sharing communion together. Right. But what's important is... The togetherness. Yeah. Yeah. But what's important is, in our 21st century mind, what do we think of communion? And we think of the... The little crackers in the yeah, little cup. <laughs> the little cracker and the <laughs> with cup the grape of juice. juice. Yeah. 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 If you're if you're real cool, you might have wine available. <laughs> yeah. But like You're you know, even cooler if you do it in like a little wooden goblet and yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like for most people, we're we're products of modernity. So everybody gets their own little plastic cup and the little cracker <laughs> instead of common loaf or common cup. Like Especially um, right now during coronavirus, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
There's so, some issues there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's not how the ancient world celebrated communion. Right. Remember when Jesus institutes communion. Mm-hmm. It's around the Passover meal. Yeah. It's a meal. Right. It's a, it's a common feast. Yeah. And those were things common to the table. Those are those are elements common to the table. Yeah. And so when it says they're breaking bread together, yeah, they're celebrating communion, right. but they're also just eating together. Right. They're just having a meal together, sharing this common meal together, enjoying each other's company over good food. Yeah. Eat, drink, and be merry, bro. <laughs> like they're just having a good time being in fellowship with one another while they eat. Yeah, this is like the 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 postmodern idea of uh, um, Thanksgiving. You know, like where we sit yeah. around a table and we yeah. we carve up a turkey and you know yeah. eat pumpkin pie, which Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Yeah, so we're all going to be experiencing this. You know, and yeah, it, and it's I, just it's funny that you bring that up. I hadn't thought about that, but. Uh, scholars actually call this this breaking of bread this kind of common meal that they would have together every week they call it the love feast right and so it is kind of you know thanksgiving is a pretty good comparison now I don't, in america at least i, yeah, I forgot to preface that yeah and in america, specifically in yeah, america because i don't know no they, i don't know that they're becoming gluttons like we are at thanksgiving <laughs> week in and week out but yeah when i was in germany during thanksgiving it was it, very different oh yeah the, the, it was completely f- normal for them it was a normal day and it was like nothing special nothing special it was just really weird dude because i grew up this day is like special it's sacred (laughs) in america yeah and then you go to germany and that's just not the case it's a day for fried turkey and football that's right (laughs) over there they're just not doing it huh no dude no dude Hmm. yeah we would sit around um, me and my parents we sat around drank beer and ate really good german food on thanksgiving and it was awesome (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Inter- well, okay. So not like that then. <laughs> it's not like any <laughs> not other like day. Not like that. Yeah. It's not like any other yeah. day. Um, but it is. But for them at the time, it, it is comparable to us now today at yeah, Thanksgiving in yeah, America. For sure. Right? Yeah. American Thanksgiving. American Thanksgiving is very, it, it's a good example. Yeah. I mean, take the gluttony out. Yeah. Take but, the gluttony out for sure. Other than that. Yeah. It's a pretty good, it's a, it's a time where we can gather together. We're yeah. thankful. We have a big meal. We share. We fellowship. Mm. We we do community. Yeah. And I think it, you know, it's so funny because we see it again later in verse 46 that day by day they're gathered together eating their food with glad and generous hearts. That's, that, you know, Thanksgiving is a pretty good example because that is what we do. And, and so as they're doing this, this is their spiritual experience. Yeah. And then they're devoting themselves to prayer, yeah. which prayer is what they take with them, right? I think, number, number one, we take for granted that we have Bibles at, at large, right? right? I mean, I have like 50 I mean, I don't know if this is the case anymore, but there was a time you could find them in every hotel room. Yeah, 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 the Gideon Bible, yeah. yeah. And so we have Bibles everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the ancient world didn't have that. No. Um, number one, their version of Scripture is the Old Testament. Right. Right, so when Paul says in, in 1 Timothy, uh, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching and reproof, 
and all these things. Like he's talking about the he's Old Testament. talking about the Old Testament. That's his yeah. Bible. Paul's not sitting around arrogant, going, "Yeah, dude, like <laughs> I'm Scripture, bro. Uh, I'm I'm writing God's word. Like, yeah, like <laughs> I am writing the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. no, Paul's not doing that. Right. Paul's trying to sh- instruct and sh- strengthen churches, right? Yeah. Acts 16, when he picks up Timothy along the way, that that's the deal there. Sure. He, he goes and he has Timothy circumcised because they're going to the Jews. And then it says, and the churches were strengthened and numbers were added to them daily. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's the goal here for Paul. Paul doesn't yeah. think that he's writing scripture. No. I think if Paul thought we would still be studying his words 2,000 years later, he might have been more careful with what the things he said. But <laughs> I think that that's very... I think that that's probably true, and yeah. it's, it's pretty funny to think about it that way, but yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, so the, these people, this earliest expression, they're not sitting around going, oh my gosh, we have all this Bible we can read. Yeah. They go to church in, in the synagogue, right? Remember the first Christians are Jews. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they go to church, they go to the temple or synagogue to have scripture read to them. Sure. So I would remind you of Luke chapter four, where Jesus, an adult Jewish male, stands up in the synagogue to read, and he chooses to read from Isaiah sixty-one. Mm-hmm. That that's common practice yeah. that that any Jewish male mm-hmm. could stand before the people and read scripture to them. Right. So their only dose of scripture is when they can go to temple and have it read to them. Right. Well, when the Christians leave that. Uh, it's not real easy to get your hands on a copy of scripture right. and it's really expensive. Mm. So just for reference, one copy of the scroll of Isaiah during Paul's time. So, you know, a few years after this, right. uh, it would have costed in 2008, it would have costed about $1,500. Whoa. Yeah. So think about inflation in the last 12 years. Uh, maybe seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars. That's a, that's a lot. Just one copy of the Scroll of Isaiah. Yeah. The common economy, like the contemporary economy equivalent, would be yeah. seventeen hundred dollars or so. That's a lot. So these poor people who are selling all their possessions to give to anybody that has need, they don't really have seventeen hundred dollars laying around. Yeah. And, and that's Isaiah, right? Think about what the Psalms would cost, or, sure. or a whole copy of the Torah. Right. They just don't have that around. Here's a little plug here. There there's a a connection. We've got countless Bibles and too many homeless people. Y'all can do the math. Hey. That's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. Love our social worker. <laughs> uh not yet. You can't yeah. you can't call me a social worker yet. I'm not licensed. Yeah. But social work student. Yeah. Yeah. So all of this to say when, when they're coming, they're enjoying the fellowship and they're devoting themselves to prayer. No. But prayer is the thing they take with them. If there's one thing that they can take with them, it's prayer. And so they're devoting themselves in a life of prayer. Why in the next chapter does Peter not stop to pray for the man that he's trying to have healed? Yeah. Because he lives in a perpetual state of prayer. Mm. He's in a place of prayer as he goes about. Yeah. And so... This is one of the reasons we, we take some of these things for granted, but then we have, and day by day, they're eating together in homes Yeah, because they're just trying to hang out with people. Right. They just want some fellowship and some, some time together. And, and you know, I think that that's also, 
um, really prevalent right now in 2020, right? Yeah. People are alone. They're lonely. Mental health issues are through the roof, yeah. right? Depression is skyrocketing. And it's because people are lacking community. Yeah. They're lacking togetherness. And, yeah. and, and so we need to find some way, whether it be virtual, if you're not comfortable going out in public yet or, or whatever it is, we need to find some way to still have community. Um, because yeah. that, that is central to, to your well-being, to your spiritual well-being, yeah. right? Togetherness, community, being relational is extremely important. Yeah, well, and we, we experience that in a heightened way right now because of COVID right. and, and that kind of thing. But how many times have you heard over the years somebody say, well, I can find better community outside of church? Too many times that I like to admit. Yeah, it's it, like it hurts. we... We, we don't do a good job of community. We do no, a good job don't. of clicks. Yeah, we do. Again, yeah, we if, do. If you're like in with the right people, you can mm -hmm. find community. But, but it, by and large, I mean, can, can I tell you something special about, about this here Greek Bible? When it says that they were selling their possessions and distributing to all as any had need. Do you know what all means in Greek? It means all. <laughs> yeah, it, it literally means all. Yeah. It's anyone. It's not just those inside the community. Yeah. It's all. Because literally Jesus everyone. cared and did miracles for all. Mm -hmm. They thought that their expression would be, we need to help all. Yeah. And so you can go to a church and you can get plugged in. Yeah. And once you're plugged in, you can find community. But, but once you're plugged in, that means you're probably being plugged into some sort of clique. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it means, right? Yeah. Getting plugged in into a normal church is you've, Getting, you've now checked all my boxes. Yeah, you've checked all my boxes, and now I'm going to attend this one small group and talk with these four people the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it, it's and, and not, I think that we're also kidding ourselves if we say that you and I haven't been a part of those cliques in a, in a church before. Oh, no, no, no. You know, so like uh, we're not coming at this from a judgmental standpoint. We're yeah. coming at it from a standpoint as this is what happens, you know, yeah. in church. And it's sad to see. And that's why we're trying to change it. Yeah. So it it's all to say that this is the background that we came from, right? We came from the same background that yeah. all of you came from. If you haven't figured it out, we're brothers. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of fundamentalist Baptist expressions. Yeah. And, and so in, in that we, we just kind of looked around and said, Hey, what we see here doesn't match what we see in scripture. Yeah. And in the beginning, when I first started telling people about this, they were like, dude, you're, it's sin. What you're doing is sin. Yeah. Like, yeah. When are you going to be a real church? Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. When are you going to be a real church? I'm like, when are oh, so you when are you getting a building? That's yeah, a, that's, that's a that's common what, When one. are you getting a building? When are you going to do things the way that I think church should that, be That done? I know as church. Yeah. yeah like, it, I don't have a category. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a concept to yeah. construct that what you're doing is church. Right. Because nobody does it this way. Very few people do it this way. Yeah, well, I don't know that, at least from what I can find, I can't yeah. find anybody that does it exactly like we do. No. There are people who do it similar. but there, there is other house church networks, but yeah, not doing it the way that we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, and so there's some pieces of that, but I just looked at this and said, man, what, what, would, what would happen if a church could actually look like this? That's a good question. Oh, no. If it is a good question, it has a really good answer. It's verse 47. Mm -hmm. 
And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. And so we at Wellhouse, we have three values of be real, be relational, but we're all ultimately working to the goal to be restored. Absolutely, We're looking for Jesus, the restorer, to touch us with his hand of grace so that we might be restored back to the place that he once made us, yeah. which is in purity, in love, in his image. Bowing to his authority. Yeah. yeah. And so if, if we could, in theory, live this out, this deep, intimate connection, um, a devotion to the teachings of Jesus, um, a fellowship eating together. I mean, there's, there's a lot of research out there that talks about the things that happen in your brain, the neurons that are released when you eat food with someone. Mm -hmm. It's real hard to be mad at someone that you're eating a good meal with. (laughs) Does it happen? Sure. Oh, absolutely. And Thanksgiving across yeah. America is an example of that. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. But if we if we could genuinely live this type of community out, yeah. we could see genuine restoration. Yeah. We could move beyond cultural Christianity or we could move beyond uh, superficial faith. We could move beyond the surface level stuff like you know, the worship wars or the color of the carpet. Like who cares about any of that stuff? Yeah. We're looking for people to be restored Absolutely. and it happens when we can build a place where people can be real, be relational. And those are the necessary, that's the necessary formula for people to be restored. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Um, This was a closer look where we take a a deeper dive into uh, this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. All right. 